two weeks in a row, the closers are back. Like the Red Sox here to close out the Stankies. Your boy Ryan Ray, alongside the man, the myth, the closer himself, Ben Samuels. Mr. Samuels, it's good to be back. I can't tell you how awesome it is to see the Red Sox in the playoffs, given you know you and I talked about earlier in the season or before the season that, that it looked like they may struggle. We got Alex Cora back. We, we got some mojo in the building. They, they came back. can't tell you how good it is to be in the playoffs, but let me tell you how much sweeter it made it that we got to beat the crap out of the Yankees and send those MFers home. I, yeah, that if, was, if we get swept the next series, it doesn't matter at this point. We've well, I wouldn't go all that all the way that far, but there is <laughs> there is some serious clout with just sending the Yankees packing, send send them home, show back up in Florida in February, you know, take some time off. I I, I love that. I, I don't have that. the official number in front of me. I'm sure you will remember it. I think I said preseason to your point. If the Red Sox win 50 games or 55 games, I would consider that a success. You said 58, and I think I said seven. I think I said 76. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they, they lambasted both of us and uh, ended up winning what 91. It, it was it was they didn't double they didn't double me, but yes, it was in the ballpark. <laughs> it was an inside the park home run, relatively speaking, to how far off I was. So, of course, if you've seen our logo, you can get that. The closers has the the double meaning, not only uh, closing business deals, but also also because of our love for baseball and you know the red Sox. i'll be honest with you i didn't get my hopes up up, my hopes up this year because i didn't expect much i was wrong you you could have faded me on the red Sox and made a lot of money luckily this isn't a gambling podcast ben this is a podcast where we tell you exactly the only way okay that's a little aggressive that's a little aggressive that's if sorry 92 games um the the main ways the most productive ways to make money and we're going at it today with this I think we're going to fist fight on this one. I hope we do. Jake Paul, Logan Paul haven't answered my calls, so maybe it's me and you. Entrepreneurs must capitalize on multiple online platforms to scale and grow. I have very strong opinions on this one, but Benson, we'll turn it over to you first. Listen, I, you know, I think that a healthy portion of today's marketing and branding is understanding the audience, understanding the platform that you're on and the the discourse that, you know, that happens on that platform. What I mean by that is, you know, if you're posting the same content, the exact same verbiage and, and, and uh, media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you know, at all, you're, you're, you're missing substantive value. And then that's not really, you know, that's not the way to go about it. Um, you know, if you're, if you are, um, you know, I think that a healthy portion of today is, you know, curated content for the specific audience. And so, you know, do I think that you have to be on all the platforms in order to be, you know, top of mind or, or, you know, considered an expert in the space or successful company? No, absolutely not. But, you know, things like if you are, you know, if you're selling ring lights, you probably should be on TikTok. You know, if if you're trying to network with C-suite executives on capital raise deals, you probably should be on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, so, so that's sort of what I think about on the first level there. What about you? Or you should call Ray Global Advisors for the sweet C-suite deals, but whatever. Shameless plug. Um, to your point, I would say, I would say, hear me out here. 95% of your social media stuff is pure waste and garbage. 95%. And that's probably a low number. 95% is a pure waste. Here's why. Okay. If you are a company a brand like like um not Ryan Ray or Ben Samuels, but you're actually 
you know, a storefront or, or retail or whatever, you really have two options. Uh, I hate to commit the either or fallacy, but yet I will do it. An option A is you sit there and you t- you play the very generic sales and marketing game, right? There's no difference between watching your stuff on TV between the football commercials or on social media, right? So this is the very generic not taking risk. What? What? I don't. I keep going. I don't agree with that. But keep going. I, I told you the first side. I ain't got the second side of the coin yet. And you're disagreeing. The other I mean, side. The other side. Yeah. <laughs> what else is new? This fight city. Here we go. The other side is to be aggressive and to try to stand out from the crowd. Now there, there, there's those guys that have the the frozen Philly steak sandwiches, you know, and they do a good job of getting their name out there. I have no idea who they are. Every now and then they'll make a splash with that, but I, I really think there's there's kind of Two sides of that coin. A is you are going to, you know, try to play the vanilla game, or B, you're going to try to play the bombastic kind of like the Wendy's Twitter account game. And and those are the kind of your options. I what what what's the third option? Give me a third option. You can mix the two, but what's the third option? I'm gonna have much more fun destroying your uh, your little speech here, point by point. So why don't you just keep going, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll come back. The fact that you think you can put together a logical argument is concerning for everyone, but whatever. Um, yeah, shots fired. Shots fired. I can, I, can, I can try. Well, well, now we're letting the facts, but whatever. Um, I think most companies suffer from extreme blandness on social media, right? Today we did da, da, da. No one cares, by and large. No one cares. Um, on the opposite side, the companies that take risk you have to be careful because the risk might not be worth the reward if you're trying to be controversial all the time. So if you're going to be controversial, then be controversial in the things that you really believe in and understand that you're going to pay a price for that. Like you're going to lose customers because you took a controversial stance. If you're going to be bland, then people are, you know, then you're playing it safer, but you're not going to make a splash. So I don't think there's necessarily a ton of value. I do agree with your point. Find the one or two that you really think that your clients are on, and double, triple, quadruple down there. Um, but you, you, but beyond that, I see a lot of brands on LinkedIn or on Twitter, and most of what they put is not of interest. It's just not of interest. They're not getting traction. So what I get wrong? Everything. So, I mean, clearly, yeah. Um, so for uh, first, I think a, a sort of a macro setting here that, that is, I think is important is that you, you are absolutely correct that most of the content put out is garbage. Now, I think the 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 cause of that or the the reason behind that is lack of understanding of how to create the content. But that being said, I think a I think a healthy portion of something that you're that you may, it sounds like you may be missing or that I maybe see as a as a different value is purely having content out is a, it, it's just like, you know, when they say that showing up is 80% of the whatever, you know, it's the same thing. Having the content, having a voice, having a presence is substantively more impactful than simply not. Now, to your point, if you're taking crazy stances, yes, you have, you run the risk of losing money, losing clients, losing sponsors, losing whatever. Absolutely. Um, if you're putting out bland content, yes, it's, it's safe. But uh, what would you, would you push back if I were to tell you that the impetus behind and the reason behind social media and social media engagement has little to nothing to do with direct sales? 
I don't think the point of being on social media right. is that somebody sees a post from Coca-Cola and drives to the gas station, buys a Coke. I think the point of Coca-Cola having a, an advertising campaign is to say present of mind, stay sure. in the conversation, be, sure. be a, be, be visual. It doesn't even necessarily like the content. Like, so, you know, using Coca-Cola is a bad example only because number one, they're, you know, they're the grill in the room. But also if you look at the Coca-Cola advertising campaigns, the reason I bring them up is because it's interesting. They very rarely, if ever have anything to do with the soda. It's about the lifestyle and, and you uh -huh. and it's the branding and it's the marketing. And so that's the value to my opinion. They're not, you know, when you watch a Coca-Cola uh, commercial, they're not trying to sell you Coca-Cola. That's the result, right? Yeah. But but there, but that's so I think that's the important piece that the social media, to your point, yeah, most of the content is garbage. Most of the content is you know poorly thought out and poorly executed. But but to 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 make the leap uh, to you know social media is not valuable or, or to use, you know, um, you said that 95% of it is, is garbage. I, I, I'm not sure I didn't get there. Okay. Okay. So th this is maybe let's, 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 um, I try to make a wild claim and then you, you want me to be more precise, whatever. Um, I forget this is not don't let the facts. That's my fault. Okay. So let's, let's pare this down a little bit. Uh, Coca-Cola does understand how to make good content. They don't want to use the TikTok influencer that can get a hundred million views to do it because that is controversial potentially for them. So that's where I would slightly disagree. Now, um, now with that being said, what I'm taught, what I'm thinking of is this small businesses here, not the people who have the mo the, mo the money to stay front of mind. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, Ben Samuels, you're an entrepreneur and you're putting out about your entrepreneurial journey, like, hey, today we're working on this, or wow, you know, I didn't know this three things about cash flow management or, or or whatever that you're going through. I closed the deal, here's what I learned. That's interesting. That will help you. That's that's stuff that actually gets uh, outside of the noise. But that's only five percent of the actual content on social media is that kind of stuff. That's what drives the attention in the business world. Um, that's really hard to put out on a consistent basis. Um, and so if you're saying I need to be top of mind constantly, you're going to put out 95% of things that are useless. Now you might think, I mean, this is my question to you, get buffer loaded up with full of articles um, and put it out. There is a good way to stay top of mind. I don't know. That's a kind of a mixed opinion. Uh, I can, I can, I can say that either way, but I, I, what I'm saying is, is first off, don't go to, don't listen to Gary V just because Gary V is popular and be on TikTok because he says it's undervalued. If your customers aren't there, you're probably wasting your time. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with that. My, my the my response to that, I think, is look. You and I, you know, you and I are are great friends off air, and we talk about a lot of things, um, you know, business wise. And, and one of the things that you, you know you consistently have come back to in, in our conversations is, you know, I, I certainly have an issue with wanting the content creation or wanting to be, have the product that I'm putting out be perfect. I'm always looking to have it be perfect. And, and, and over the last couple of years, you know, you've, you've been instrumental in, in sort of retraining that piece of, of my operation where it doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to do it and put it out there. And so I, I think, I think that's the key. So like for you, you know, you're not, you're, um, you know, when you have inside the war room and you're looking at podcast guests, you know, if the podcast guest is, awful it's a bad podcast guest it's the interview is terrible you're still going to publish it 
you're still going to, you know, you're still going to thank the person on LinkedIn for, for coming on the show. You're still going to do the motions, right? Um, you know, if you're a, if you're an artist or a music, you know, if you're a music artist or, or a, you know, painter or a, a content creator in, in that sort of ilk of you're making something, I don't care if the, if you, you know, you doodle a sketch on a piece of paper, make a TikTok about it, put it out on LinkedIn or put it out on, on social media. The, the, the process and the, I think the engagement, I think the buy-in from the audience comes from understanding sort of how the sausage is made. Now, if you're just, if you're Coca-Cola and you're that massive, it's a whole different conversation. But in terms of sort of a wide net of social media, I think, I mean, people, it's interesting. I, I used to have a very different opinion about this. And, and so maybe maybe this is a good way, you know, place to go um, with this conversation. So I used to have a Facebook. I, I, I have one now, but I only use it to publish po podcasts and do it right. like very, you know, I'm not on Facebook uh, for any you know utility reason. Um, when I used to be on 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 Facebook, though, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Wow. Um, well, while, while you're thinking about that, let me interject something here. So, or if you got it, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the thing about the podcast or or putting your work your work product up, I would say that the podcast I do, I, I'm not afraid to speak my opinion. So I fall into the potential for the controversial thing. I'm going to say things that are going to make people mad or angry. Um, so that's hopefully how I'm separating myself. I'm not doing a very bland, generic like inside the war room. I'll have on all kinds of guests and talk about all kinds of issues. And so um, that I think puts that potential for controversial. Not not that I'm necessarily seeking it out, but I, but I'm but I do open myself up to that. Um, so that would be that would be what I'm what I'm saying there. Um, I, to your other point though, there is a guy on Instagram which I don't have anymore on my phone. And he said, um, I think it's at nothing happened today, at nothing happened today. And he puts up a picture, I think like every day of cartoon characters that, you know, mixed with other cartoon characters. So he might have mm -hmm. like family guy and Darth Vader doing some kind of weird thing, not like burden, but you know, like some kind of weird mix where he might have um, like, there's one with King of the Hill and they have like the predator mouse or something like that. And, and, and that's, that's fantastic. Like that's a good work product to what you're talking about that's different that people look at and go, Oh wow, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. That's just hard to accomplish. And so I would be careful, but. Uh, no, I, no, I think you're right. What I, what I was going to say before is you know, when I used Facebook and was on um, and much more active, um, there used to be this running joke and I'm sure it's still around running joke of like, who the hell cares what t-shirt you're wearing or what you made for lunch or, right. or what you're, you know, who cares. But I, but I think, I'm curious what you think about this. I think the market and sort of the media, whatever you want to call it, has moved that now those things are actionable and, and like people care about that. And obviously, if you're an influencer, people really care. I mean, people really care about what they, you know, this sure. person on TikTok had for breakfast. And that's like, that's actionable content. But but even more so, like, so I, you know, I think you and I are both terrible at this because I don't think you've put out much of this and I certainly haven't at all. But if you were to sort of on a daily basis, let's say every single day, week weekday, for six months, you at the end of the day put together a 90 second clip just with a debrief of what you did that day. I think that sort of content at some point has a potential to gain serious traction. Obviously, like the first one's not going to because there's no context, but once you do, you know, 150 of those, you start to kind of be able to tell a story through that content. And if people are following you, yeah, it's only 90 seconds, but they're getting a little bit every single day of what you're doing. And they can kind of see the highs and lows and, and, and they get to buy into it. And I think that 
value in social media. That's not, I mean, the content is not going to be like groundbreaking stuff for 90 seconds, right? It's not, you're not going to get into a lot of nuance, I mean, but, 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 uh, but you have a chance of growing an audience. What do you think about like, yeah. Uh, okay. you yes. that? yeah. So if, if you're, so this, so let's, let's um break from what I said earlier. I was talking about brands and companies, not me or you. What you're getting to is I think a little bit different. It's a little bit more personal. And so if what if CEOs that are doing this, I would feel differently, but he's not, or she's not, I don't know what kind of CEO, who the CEO right. is. So, so what if the social media manager of not, not a fortune 500 company, maybe what if the social media managers of the fortune thousand companies started doing that, started putting out 90 seconds of content? No, I think, okay. Day. Yes. I think that that's why Gary Vee is so attractive because mm-hmm. he runs a big company. He's doing a lot of big things and then he's telling you about it. And so right. you feel like, you know, Gary Vee. Like you really do. If you go see him, I mean, I don't watch his stuff regularly anymore, but when I did, I, if I were to meet him in public, I'd be like, yeah, I know Gary Vee. You were just over here in Dubai two weeks ago. How was that? Like I would ask him that, you know, that'd be a question that you could ask him. So that's, mm-hmm. that's now that's where we're getting different. And so I think when you talk about the individual people, so I would recommend um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to put your stuff out there or a company, try to have yourself or your employees talk about things at a more personable level. Cause mm-hmm. that's really the goal to your point. Putting a stake on Facebook. I used to joke like I got off of Facebook because I got tired of seeing that stuff. Now I put a now I post a stake pick and it does really well. And I don't have like I have like hundred friends on Facebook, so it's not very many. Um, but it does really well. And it has mm-hmm. come back full circle to your point. And so what happened, I think, was we were all real personal, personable, and then we realized this is kind of boring. Like this is kind of boring. And then it got heavily marketed, like everyone's marketing, you know, ads, pixel ads, all this stuff. And now we've kind of swung back the other way. Like, I just want to see what you're having for dinner. Like, <laughs> like what's Ben doing tonight? Oh, he's watching a movie. What's he doing? And I, so I do think, but that's more personable content. So yes, I, I agree with that. So when we get out of the brand, so I started by put, talking about brands and big companies, not you are the brand, but like an actual brand. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think where you're headed is where I would want to head, which is have your lead engineer. If he's a nerdy engineer, like in the numbers, have him put out some nerdy engineering content because that's going to resonate with other nerdy engineering because that's who right. he is. Don't, don't let him be some TikTok influencer. That's not going to work. So, yes, now we're getting to where we need to be. And so then to what you said, which is key to this whole thing is don't waste your time on every platform. Find the platform where your customers are most likely to be. And let's be honest here. TikTok, not TikTok, um, LinkedIn and Twitter are probably where the most could be. And I would submit to you, Ben, I'm curious your thoughts. If you're on TikTok, you're going to have a hard time, a harder time having people admit to you if you're in a serious, quote, quote, serious business that they found you on TikTok, right? So if yes. you are a serious litigator, you might not, not for like, um, like, and you're trying to do, um, oh gosh, I don't know, um, very, very white tie um, type, well, white tie, <laughs> sorry, my phone ring, a black suit, like downtown legal work. Your clients probably aren't going to tell you they find you on TikTok. They might on LinkedIn though, or they may on Twitter. Um, and so just, just understand that you might not even realize that you're getting the value out of it because people would admit. Does that make you agree? Make sense? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's some caveats there. I mean, um, I, uh, I mean, so like as an example, if you were a divorce lawyer or, or you know something like that, I think I think there's a wealth of opportunity on places like TikTok because you can kind of you, know, you you can kind of <laughs> you can see that. Yeah, they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you actually you don't have to put out the content they're telling you mm-hmm. <laughs> just take your notes <laughs> that might be the best piece of advice i've ever heard in my entire life folks 
whatever you're paying right now, you're not paying Ben Samuels enough <laughs> because if you're a divorce attorney, Ben Samuels has just 10 extra business overnight. Listen, well, if you're well, a divorce well, attorney, well, you're not on TikTok. You're missing a well, well done. Let's see here. Do I have a... I don't have an applause. I would give you a round of applause, a standing O if I could. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so I think here, here's some going back to something you said very early in the conversation. I, and I think it's important. Um, I don't think that the content needs to have, like, I don't think you need to perfect it. I don't think it needs to, you know, to, uh, to be some like production. But you know, to your point, there does need to be some sort of cohesive thought behind it. You, you can't mm-hmm. just turn the camera on and talk about nothing and expect that to you know that to work, right? I mean, you and I can both t- uh, talk at length about how difficult it is to organically create an audience around content, whether it be podcast or writing or, or what have you. I mean, that that is that is difficult, um, and it's you know it's you, you know you and I joke, joke about this off air, and, and I you know hear from other podcasters. I mean, no one does podcasting you know at least initially to make money, right? That's mm-hmm. you're not gonna. You know, and, and so I think the, you know, the the threshold of coming up with coming up with a story, coming up with a brand, you know, to your point, back, going back, coming up with a brand, coming up with, you know, what am I trying to impart and just sort of talk through that authentically? I, I think there's an immense amount of value there. Um, I'm curious, you know, uh, if unless you have a comment on that, I, I did. I wanted to pivot away from that for a second and, and maybe talk about sort of the, the downside of the negative side a little bit more. Um, yeah. What do you think? So right now, I mean, obviously we're in the middle of cancel culture, right? You know, if you say the wrong thing or, or if somebody says something about you, uh, you know, in the public eye, uh, you know, a lot of these public figures run the risk of, of literally just being ostracized from, you know, their business, from, from you know, me, like whatever, the public, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, at the same time, you know, you've got guys like, um, I shouldn't say guys, but you've got people like Dave Chappelle. I don't know if you saw his most recent uh, special. I saw on Twitter today the discussion. I haven't got to see what happened, though. Okay, go ahead. So so Dave Chappelle is an example of someone that I think of who, you know, um, very briefly for his story, um, famous comedian, went off, uh, you know, uh, had some things happen. This was a better part of like a decade ago. Basically left the public eye for the better part of a decade. Went, I, you know, I think the story is he went to Africa for a time and, and was just sort of, out of the, the public eye and, and has now come back. Um, and a lot of this content, I think he's put out three or four specials in the last three or four years. And most of that is, you know, if he was sort of this generic character of like in cancel culture, he probably had been canceled. But, right. but the way he comes, the way he comes at it is just very like, this is who I am. You know, like if you want to cancel me, that's a, that's a you problem sort of thing. So he kind of takes it, you know, face on, you know, head on. I'm curious what your what your advice may be yeah. in today's world of how can you create engaging content that, yeah. that is, you know, because at the same, you know, look, you have to create some sort of conversation. I won't say controversy, but conversation around what you're doing. And generally the lowest hanging fruit of the common denominator there is some of the more divisive things. Uh-huh. What is your, what's your advice for someone that is looking to maybe make more content in this sort of realm that doesn't want to invite negative attention, right? We don't want to be getting the, what are some things that you'd sort of convey to somebody that's trying to start this journey? Yeah. And so it's different for me now than when I owned R squared global, because when I owned mm-hmm. R squared global, the one thing I was conscious of is do I want to take on something that an employee of mine might have to face blowback over? Right. So there's certain, there's certain issues. I just, purposely stayed away because I didn't want to employ, I didn't want a client to fire us over that and an employee 
take the ale because of something I said publicly, right? So that so that that's like so if you're a CEO, you've got employees, you can, you might be fine, but you have employees, so make sure that you're considering what topics that you want to talk about and where your risk tolerance is. So for perspective, Dave Chappelle can say a lot of stuff. The person in the front row of his audience should watch what they're saying because they don't have Dave Chappelle money. Like that would be the analogy, right? So the CEO might can take the hit, but can the secretary? So that was one thing I was aware of. Um, today, I, there's still certain topics I, I'm not afraid to talk about. I just don't bring up on regularity. I don't focus my content around them. As far as being divisive, I, and, and Ben, you can actually speak to this. I'm a free market capitalist. I say it all the time. But guess what? I work with people who are not free market capitalists. I go and meet with people who aren't free market capitalists. I go and meet people who are open socialists and far worse than that as far as uh, on the political spectrum or, or economic spectrum. Um, so mm-hmm. so, so I'm, I'm very open about who I am and who I'm willing to work with on, on stuff like that. Um, and so on part of that is I, want, I don't want people, as much as I can help it, people who don't like me to deal with me. There are 7 billion people in the world. I don't need 7 billion of them to like me to make money. Now, again, I don't have employees. That's how I got to keep emphasizing that. I don't have employees. If I had, if I start having employees again, I will go back and probably soften the messaging in some spot. I'll probably redirect it. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, now, as far as being divisive, listen, you can go out right now, pick a pick Tesla, um, ExxonMobil, Chevron, um, Kathy Wood at ARC. There's plenty of divisive topics that no one really cares about, right? So you can mm-hmm. go out and start saying that ARC's a fraud and they, they that Kathy Wood got lucky last year in 2020 if you want to. That's a divisive topic. You can do that. And is that going to really cost you any credit in the big scheme of things? No. No one really cares, right? Her big defenders might, but the odds of those people being your potential clients is pretty slim. You can go out tomorrow and talk about um, Tesla and Elon Musk. He's got a bunch of fans, but is it really going to impact you? Probably not. So there's a lot of topics that people get worked up over that you can insert yourself into that have a strong take and no one really cares about Red Sox Yankees. You can get into that conversation. No one really cares about it at the end of the day, as far as, you know, hiring people, even Ben and I would consider, okay, would we consider working with the Yankees fan? I don't know. That's probably a little much, but we might consider working with the Yankees fan. Um, And so, you know, it's, that's, that's, those are the types of things that we would, that, that I would suggest plenty of things that people get up in arms over, but their internet Fun fights. They're not internet real fights. So this is not Trump Biden. This is not midterms twenty twenty two. These are things that that are going on all the time. Go ahead, sorry. No, I think it's a great point. Um, I'm curious though. I think that people like yourself and 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 um, and me to a degree, but less so than yourself. Uh, you know, if you're you know, if you have a commentary on the Red Sox or Kathy Wood or whatever you have a wide enough net and a wide enough network that that's going to be at least of like theoretical interest, right? You, you can talk about those things, but if you are, you know, if the reason you're on LinkedIn or sorry, the reason you're on social media is because you own a graphics and design company or you own, nah, if you own a website, yeah, website development company, you're probably not going to talk about the Red Sox because that like, Unless you're just trying to come up with content just to speak to the camera, I think that the, maybe and maybe I'm maybe I'm backtracking a little bit on what I said earlier, but maybe not. I, I think a, a an important part is throughout the entirety of the narrative of what you're speaking to. I think there should be some sort of tangential linkage to to what you do, right? And so, like if you if you run, you know, if you're you know maybe use maybe use a much more different example. If you're a cattle rancher. Or a cattle beef processor, you know, beef processor, 
like what is the what is the utility in talking about the Red Sox other than just you know maybe like one time and like your audience wants to know a little bit more about you sort of thing. But okay. if you're if you're yeah. talking to the camera about random topics just to feel airtime, that I do think is a massive waste. Okay, so let's clarify here. I am not a I'm not an expert, and I don't pretend to be an expert. Um, and so because of that, I have to pick and choose where I insert myself into conversations. Right? Um, right. If you want to be an expert, if you're a cattle rancher. Uh, and you're good. You're an, you're going to be an expert on cattle, on beef, on processing, on a lot of things that you could talk about intelligently. Now, can you talk mm-hmm. about them interestingly? Is a different question altogether. But you can talk about them intelligently. Um, and so right. those are so for me. Like there's a guy that just tagged me today in his big long oil and gas report, and it's interesting. And it, it, but I couldn't generate that. It's what he's he's way far more advanced and stuff. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the kind of content I'm putting portrays who I am. I'm not a self-proclaimed expert in these topics. Um, I, I consider myself pretty intelligent and can think through stuff, but I'm not like a technical expert. And so I think if you're a technical expert, that is a little bit differently. So you're probably more of a technical expert on like produce water and you know, all of these, all of these, go ahead. What? But you no, know, but going back to your example before, cause, um, cause we, we, we sort of gone, we've oscillated back and forth, but, but when I was speaking just now, I was talking about more of a, a, a brand and a company and the, the social media manager, oh, oh, the social, oh, oh, oh. If, if the social media manager of Canva is coming on and doing, you know, clips on the Red Sox, like that, that doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Um, if we're back on companies. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're back on companies, I thought we we're on individuals. If we're on companies, um, then what they should, what Canva should do is make a, a three minute video on how to make a post for Instagram to celebrate the Red Sox beating the Yankees. And Oh, yes. by the way, here is a link to download this for your Instagram post and put your name on it and then get, yes. you get an account for free. That's what they should do. Yes. That, that's how you get in that conversation, you know, and then you make a funny one for the Yankees, like maybe next year with a sad Yankee face or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, there's zero Yankee fans in the world who have a need for Canva who won't use it because you put out some funny post because when the Red Sox lose, you'll do the same thing. The Red Sox. Right. So you're not going to lose any real business. And that's my point. Like, okay, you might lose one or two, but it's negligible. What you will get is a ton of, a ton of attention, but that goes back to that, that, you know, that bland content versus the controversial content. And so there, there's lines, there's lines. You're going to take a little heat because people will call you out for it, but no one really cares on that. So I think that's probably a third category is you have, go back to what I said originally, you have the, the bland stuff that's just generic that no one cares about. You have the controversial stuff that gets you in trouble. And then you have what I call the faux controversial stuff. It appears to be controversial, but it's really not. And then and, and that's maybe that's a great category to insert yourself into if you're a brand or a company. How do you get involved in those conversations to get people front of mind to your point? It's, it's a low cost of entry and it really doesn't cost you anything. And you might pick up some customers because you took their side of an issue. It's like Oklahoma OU this weekend, right? That's coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, why not troll the loser a little bit? What, what, or have you, I mean, have you uh, even, have you even like tried to just like post a thirst trap on LinkedIn and see, I mean, there, there's some women on LinkedIn that that seems to work really well. Have, have you tried that tech? Oh, this is audio only. Sorry. That didn't, that didn't work. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's 50. Today's my 15 year wedding anniversary. So I won't be doing that baby. Just in case you're listening. That's not, that's not happening. Is it? Yes. That's Congra- congratulations. Yes. Yes. So, um, that, that's quite a, that's quite a, that's quite a so that, that's, yeah. that's, that's quite a feat for, uh, for Haley to stick it out for 15 years and hopefully she's, there's 50 more. She's a lucky girl. I'll say that she's a lucky girl. She is.
She that's that controversial there. thing we were talking about earlier. <laughs> that's that controversial <laughs> thing we were, we were, we were talking about. You, 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 you navigated out of that trap well. Good job. <laughs> so, all right, Ben, we said 30 minutes, so we're at 32 almost. Let's go ahead and wrap this baby up. Any final words on this? Why do you hate Gary V? I don't hate Gary V. I, I and and I should I should say this real quick, real quick. I think, and I want to write a post on this, but I think f- sport uh, foot. I can't speak. I think business is much like sports, which is there are no rules that work one hundred percent of the time, right? Sometimes you call a play in sports and it works. Sometimes you don't, right? So you're constantly acting and reacting, and you're looking at what the defense is giving you. How does this work? What your personnel is. And so all I'm saying is don't listen to what Ryan says 100% of the time or Gary Vee. Those are just plays. You should have a litany full of plays in your playbook, and you're flipping through your plays and going, okay, I'm going to insert this play here. Did it work? Yes or no? Insert this play here. So so I'm saying with Gary Vee, who's brilliant, very successful. I'm not mad at the guy. I'm saying he just has plays like we all do. And if you followed him around, you'd find out that he, he is rolling out a billion different plays on a daily-by-day basis. I think that's a great point, and maybe I'll I'll leave us with this. Um, you know, I think a healthy portion of of the learning process, and, and something you just touched on there, is you know I, I like a lot of the things that Gary Vee says. There's a lot of things that he says that I think are are are, are not good. You know, is that good advice? A lot of things that Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, you know, um, Andy Frisella. I mean, go down the list. You know, those sort of people. There's a uh, you know Ty Lopez. There's a lot of things that those guys say that are, I think are fantastic pieces of advice that are actionable things that you, that you can incorporate, but there is maybe just as much say that aren't actionable for me whatsoever. But I think the port, uh, the piece that's important is consuming the content and having the ability to sort of distill out what is good advice, what is actionable, what are the things that you want to try? You know, th- there are things that, that Gary Vee says that may, you know, work for your business. They, there are things that he says that may not. Being able to, to, listen to all of the content and be able to parse those things out rather than sort of, cause I, I know that there's some people that listen to just like the way that Grant Cardone talks and that's a good enough reason for them not to listen to anything that he says. And I think that that sort of, that sort of mentality can, can be, de- you know, defeating in a lot of ways. I think having a healthy appetite for being able to listen to a lot and, and figure out what you want to incorporate can be a massive skill. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go through this real quick. When I was much younger and stupider, um, I got I was told to read the 22 immutable laws of marketing. So here's the headlines for the first three chapters. The law of leadership. It's better to be first than it is to be better. That's chapter one. Chapter two, the law of category. If you can't be first in a category, set up a new category you can be first in. Chapter three, the law of mind. It's better to be first in the mind than to be first in the marketplace. Now, the first... Two chapters, they wanted you to be first in category, right? Then all of a sudden, it's better to be better in mind. And so they switched it. And so I was like, I put the book down. I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. You spent two chapters telling me this. But now, a little bit more wiser, a little gray in the beard, I realize, okay, that's just a different play, right? So play one is you want to be here. That's a play. Play two is you want to be here. Play three is you want to be here. And so it's it's different. What I'm calling plays, you have to, like, in a football game, you have different plays and packages where you're at in the field and what's going on. Same thing in business. You have to have different responses. And so I can appreciate those commenta- comments more now. When I was younger, I thought, oh, they're, they've lost their mind. Like, what's going on here? So, 
Um, maybe we can couch maybe we can catch this to another episode because I know we are running a little bit long on time, but I think I think the market has moved away from I mean, when I was you know growing up and, and, and first starting my career coming out of school, uh, there was definitely this this concept of you know first mover advantage and, and you gotta be first. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't I don't think that that's accurate anymore. I think that there is yes, I mean, being first in a category and, and, and being um, you know. The, uh, on the cutting edge can can be a very good place to be, but I think given the tools and technology and et cetera that's out there, I think there's a significant, more, significantly maybe more value in letting the first movers get down the fairway a little bit, see what are the 98 things that they completely messed up on, and then being able to come in behind, correct some of that, you know, create some nuance, create you know other iteration, and, and and be able to sort of overtake. I think that you know, time and time again in the recent years, we've seen companies that were the first ones never make it out of the gate, but the one that came out a little bit later with a little bit of a tweak on the idea—that's the—that's the one with the staying power. Do you think that first mover advantage is as strong as it used to be? Are we talking about WeWork or someone else? That's aggressive. <laughs> Okay, that's a great question. We'll tackle that next week. First mover advantage because I, there's a lot to unpack there. I have mixed thoughts and I need to formulate those. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. We'll be back. Uh, be sure to download the podcast at um, wherever you get your podcast at. We do have a stray podcast that slid in there. I don't know how it's in there. I'm trying. I don't know if I get it out or not. It's from inside the war room, but enjoy that. Um, yes, apologies, to Ben. I don't know. What no, that's that's a little that's a little teaser. That that's you putting out social media content on a different channel that maybe. We'll get you some listeners on the other one. It's yeah. so, totally totally fine to use my expertise for your benefit. It's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ben's being underpaid, as we already said, so be sure to reach out to him. Ben, where can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter are, are a couple of the, uh, the big homes on Twitter. I am underscore Ben Samuels. And on LinkedIn, uh, Ben Samuels, you can find me. And uh, would love to connect. Okay. Yeah, www.5wide.biz is my newsletter. You can sign up there or you can find me um, wherever Ben is not. And with that, we'll talk next week.